is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. So I was teaching in Chicago and I always had like 30 students, 32 students, 34 students, maybe even more if another teacher was sick and there weren't subs, they would put other more students into the classroom. It was just not a good experience for anyone, for me as a teacher, for my students who weren't getting the attention they needed. And the morale in the schools was not high. There was just a lot of stress and you could feel that stress anywhere you went in the buildings. Um, it was really tough. And during this time, I mean, I just was not taking care of myself. This is also, you know, a few years out of college, still you know, trying to figure out what it means to be an adult and how to take care of yourself. No one ever teaches you that, right? No one ever teaches you, hey, like work is going to be really stressful. Here are all the things that you're going to need to do to take care of yourself. You kind of learn that um, when you don't take care of yourself and you find yourself in a mess. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't eating during the day. I didn't know what to bring for lunch or I like didn't spend that time making lunch or anything. I would only eat like the crap that was served at school. And then after school, I was stress eating, right? Like stopping at McDonald's. Um, we would order Grubhub, like binge eating because I hadn't eaten all day. And it was like the only, like, it was like the best part of my day was getting to eat junk food. Um, I wasn't drinking enough water. I was just not taking care of myself. I remember I had a gym membership that kept charging my credit card, like $33 a month. And I never went, but it kept charging it. And I was sick all the time, perpetually sick. That's what I used to call it. Like I would have a throat infection or I would have strep throat or whatever. And then I would kind of get better, but I would always be like at 75% better. I was perpetually sick for like a good decade. I don't know. And I just did not know how to take care of myself and all of these things, right? Like, so there was the nutrition piece. I wasn't getting sleep and then stress and all of these things were adding to my stress. Right. And I'm gaining weight. And like, I just like all of these things, just not being comfortable in my skin, not being comfortable in my body, not knowing how to take care of myself and not knowing how to manage stress on top of that. The only community that I had was with teachers who were feeling the same way as me. Teachers that also were stressed to the max. Teachers that also had almost, you know, 40 students in their classroom. Teachers that also had, you know, stressors of life and that, so that's the situation, right? And so the only community that there was was go to the teacher's lounge. Now it's complaining. And so there were times that I spent so many hours just complaining about school and about being sick and just not knowing what to do for myself. And running was the thing that kind of started moving me along. Like I'm so freaking thankful that I found running and that I made it this hobby for me because I would not be where I am without that, right? And that's why, like, I love today's guest because I actually found her. We'll talk more about how I found her, but I found her on Facebook. I found her, I saw her, and I was like, I wish that I had what you offer five years ago, 10 years ago. I wish I had that. I wish I had a community of teachers that were learning how to take care of themselves. I wish I had that. I wish I had a community of teachers that knew what it was like to have seven minutes to eat lunch and that knew what it was like to not be able to get up and go to the bathroom anytime that they wanted. I wish that I had that because I felt alone and I was stressed to the max and I didn't know what to do. And here's where it left me. I was burnt out. I was not a good teacher for my students. I was not a good partner for my in the relationship I was in, right? 
like all of these things were happening and it wasn't a good situation. And the crazy thing is that really like running and exercise and vegetables <laughs> is how I learned to take care of myself. And you guys know my story. It's been up and down in the last, you know, five years. Right. But, but putting fitness and finding the community with that was one of the best things that I did. And I just wish, um, I wish that this, this program was available for me when I was a teacher. So that was a long intro, but I'm, I'm just so passionate about what today's guest is doing with her business. Um, Ellie of CLASSFIT, she works solely with teachers. Um, she understands the stress that teachers have and she's there for them. Like the community that she has built, with teachers online is amazing. And that's the other thing I love too, is that it's online because I know if someone told me, hey, go to the gym, you know, spend 30 minutes driving to the gym and go, like I wouldn't have done it. So I just love what Ellie has built. Oh, everything about her is so amazing. And I just wanna let you guys know that she, her online program is open now and she has a special discount for listeners of the Actually You Are Real Runner podcast. So all of her um, info is in the show notes. Make sure that you click on the link and let her know that uh, you found her from the podcast today. All right, guys, let's get started. Today on the podcast, we have Ellie. How are you doing, Ellie? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, this is so cool. So we, this is a fun story. I want to tell everyone how we connected. Um, Ellie has an awesome online business and the way I found her was actually her Facebook ad popped up on my Facebook. Um, so definitely working right because uh, those pixels or whatever um, definitely found me. But so Ellie works with teachers and I just, her story is amazing and I know you guys are going to love her story. So Great to meet you, finally. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really happy that we were able to make this time work. I know our schedules the last couple of months together have been crazy, but we're here, and it's awesome, and I'm super excited for this. Yeah. So I always like to start with finding out your story from the beginning, what fitness and food and body and all of these different things looks like for you, maybe in high school or a little bit after high school, starting with those things, and then we'll kind of, you know, get into the meaty stuff. So what did that look like for you in high school? Cool. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. So I was a runner. I was in cross yeah. country. Yeah. So I loved that. I love seeing that. That was like the name of your podcast. So that was really cool. But um, that was probably what I did the most for the longest time period. I was always active, bouncing from one sport to another growing up, but cross country is what I stuck with. And running was probably the only thing I did for about six or seven years, I felt like if I wasn't getting a really, really good sweat, then I was not working out. So come, uh, come college, I kind of fell off the bandwagon. I was in and out of the gym and in and out of my running routine, but it was actually my senior year that I was, or, uh, sorry, I had just graduated and I was still living in my college town, Gainesville, Florida. I started to train for a half marathon, and during this training, I actually ended up started starting to develop, um, or at least seeing the symptoms of what I now have, which is sciatica. So, although actually, so sciatica is a symptom, but I started getting um, like really bad pains in my low back and my foot. I now can see that it's attributed to me uh, not really caring for the way I, uh, the way that I was walking on like ballet slippers or like going from one job to the next and just not taking any break, not stretching at all. So I actually ended up, after having a very active, I would say, upbringing and, and 
fairly active college career, I ended up completely just destroying my back purely through working out, uh, excuse me, through working two to three different jobs after I graduated. And like I said, yeah, not taking care of myself, training for a half marathon, not stretching. So I ended up actually, uh, I would say over the course of about two to three months, experiencing more and more pain. It ended up that I woke up one morning, I believe it was in February, 2013. And my entire leg was numb on the back, all down my thigh, my calf, the outside of my foot. So that was like my rude awakening of like not taking care of myself and just ignoring these little minor pains for months and months and months. So all that being said, I ended up going through physical therapy. I got massage therapy. I started practicing yoga. I was way more aware of my health. And this is actually the point in time where I became aware of my nutrition as well. Um, I've always been the kind of person that just eats whatever they want and they don't gain weight, which was cool. But then when I realized that all the stuff I was having was also causing so much inflammation in my body, it was like, it was this massive epiphany that I thought, okay, food can really be your medicine. And like, that's pretty much where my health journey, I would say, began and what led me to where I am now. I became a massage therapist after that myself um, because of the people who had worked on me and everything I learned from that. Um, and then just how much I healed from that. I ended up learning, uh, not not anywhere professionally, but I just taught myself a lot about nutrition. I would talk to people who knew nutrition and just get their insight and, and knowledge. And then I became a personal trainer. I saw the benefit of not only massaging and relaxing your body and your muscles, but also training them to avoid injury in the first place and use your body properly. So all of that happened. I was working at a chiropractor's office. Then I quit there to actually become my grandmother's caretaker. And um, I've, I know we've touched on this very briefly, and I know you've read my story a little bit, Jacqueline, but I actually, it was that time period where I just completely stopped taking care of myself again. I was doing really, really well. I was in a really good routine, probably the healthiest and strongest I've been. And then taking care of my grandmother for 12-hour shifts at a time, constantly by her side and at, like at her beck and call. And just also, you know, the mental stress that came from that and the emotional stress put me in a really bad place. So I, um, I ended up moving and she passed away about three weeks after I moved. And then that kind of really just like put me on a downward spiral. I felt like, okay, I'm not healthy anymore. My grandmother passed away. <laughs> I like started having regret for not taking care of her and myself better. And then I went in a two year kind of really uh, hard depression. I would I've been told, and I actually didn't realize, from about 2015 to 2017. And it's actually when I realized, okay, I can't, I'm not having success with my career. I'm not having, uh, I'm not providing my clients with as much effort as I could. And it's because I never got back on track with my own health. So I was still just telling people what to do, but not leading by example. I was running them into the ground too, because I was letting them kind of give their bare minimum effort because to that, to, to me, that was more than I was doing in my life. And I ended up at the end of the 2017, getting married, moving, kind of realizing like all at once, the reason I'm not succeeding is because I don't take care of myself. 
And it's like, I, I literally didn't know how to handle anything on a day-to-day basis because I, was, I just felt stuck. So yeah, it's kind of weird how things started coming together. But the beginning of 2018, I realized I come from a family of teachers. I see the problems going on in the school systems. Um, I see how hard teachers work, but how little they, they get in return for that. And it was kind of like all at once, all of these things manifested. And I realized, wait a second, I'm exactly where I need to be. And now I need to, I need to take everything I learned in the past two and a half years and coach teachers because I love teachers. I love teachers more than anything. And here I am <laughs> talking with another teacher yeah, who, who yeah. gets it, who gets it. Totally get it. And there's so many people on here, teachers, nurses, lots of people that take care of other people don't have that time or energy or just don't even know how to like, and I think that's the thing too, is that when I, like, I'm starting to cry now because I just think about it. It's so emotion filled. But when I think about when I was a teacher, no one told me or no one taught me that I needed to take care of myself. Like, no, like it just, I don't know. There's so many different things. You have like 30 million students. There's just like so many other people to take care of. And you're constantly being told, take care of this other person, take care of this, take care of that. Um, that you just, you don't have ener- any energy to take care of yourself or you just, you just don't even know how, like, and I, I always go back to like, I thought like I would bring lean pockets to school and I was like, look, I'm taking care of myself because lean pockets have 50 less calories than hot pockets and somehow, you know, but it was just like that mindset of what does that even mean to take care of my body? Never. I don't know. We're just thrown into adulthood. Yeah, we are. We're thrown into adulthood. And I think that's something that when I think about the fact that I have this opportunity to work with teachers, I imagine, you know, what would the light, what would our school system look like in five, 10, 20 years when we have a bunch of teachers who know what it means to take care of themselves and lead by example. And I feel like I can really connect with all of my clients right now and anybody I speak to about this who's a teacher because or a caretaker in general yeah. because it, it's so easy for us to put ourselves on the back burner and it's so easy to say we don't have time or we have other priorities because we need to set up our students for success and we need to make sure that they're the ones that are growing and learning but it's like I don't know, as adults, we're really just kids with responsibilities. So it's like, we still need to move. We still need to feel good. We still need to laugh, maybe cry, maybe, you know, just remember what it's like to feel good and not just work, 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 work to the point of burning out or to the point of like hating something you were so passionate about just because that's all you do and you don't ever give yourself time. So that's like the shift I'm really trying to create here in the school systems is Students who, or, or excuse me, well, my students, teachers, <laughs> who understand that them taking care of themselves or not impacts not just themselves, but it impacts the way that you teach. Yeah. It impacts the way that you go home and maybe hang out with your family or not because you're so tired. So that's really my biggest message is when you give that little bit of your time to yourself everything else just falls into place. And it's just, it's just prioritizing it and making it something that you know is necessary because if not, you become overwhelmed and stressed and, you know, depressed and, and the amount of health issues right now with teachers and the, the mental health and physical health is just, it's scary. You're teachers. You have so much responsibility. 
what kinds of things, so when you're working with clients, um, I guess when you're starting with them, is that a lot of people that are just like tired or just like low energy, um, or what kinds of things are you seeing? Yeah. So I have an application process that I require everyone to go through. And before I talk with all of my prospects, I actually find out what is going on in their life right now. I really like to know what they've tried before. And it's not surprising, but it's still kind of just disappointing that this is how our society works right now. But so many of my prospects and clients have tried quick fixes. They've gone from one diet to the next. They've gone from one boot camp to the next. They've injured themselves because they're not doing things properly. And now what they're looking for is just a healthy lifestyle. And I tell everybody, I say, look, I can't train you to be a bodybuilder or a bikini competitor because that's not what I do with my life. I don't, I don't have that discipline where every single day I'm going to live exactly the same way to look a certain way. But what I do live is a life of gratitude, a life of happiness, a life of acceptance. And I think when you start to manifest those concepts into your life, then you want to take care of yourself because you know that you're worthy of that. And teachers, I think they just, they just forget how important that is because they don't ever do it. Like period. Like every single client I have is either tired or pre-diabetic or just wants more energy or just wants to feel good again. And those would be like the most common themes. I don't even think really many of my clients anymore. And I think this is a, a, a result of my message becoming so much stronger. I get people who are not really concerned about looking a certain way or, or having, you know, a tremendous weight loss. They just want to feel better. And so I think that's the catalyst that needs to occur to start having, you know, this movement where teachers are just feeling better and happier again in and out of the classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think back to just what you said about food being your medicine and like the inflammation, like I used to eat crap all day. And so I was in a bad mood because I was eating crap all day. <laughs> my body hurt. Like there were times that like, it was hard. Like I was in my twenties and like my body hurts like mm. to move around as a kindergarten teacher and then, um, not having a hobby outside of my job, but my job being the only thing I did from 7am to 6pm. And then that was it. Like I didn't, then I went home and did, you know, I don't know complained about stuff. And then yeah, was just, it over. Yeah. It was it. There was no hobby. There was no movement. There was no connecting with another adult. Like it was just literally just work, work, work. And then, huh? Like looking back, gee, why did you burn out? Like, why did I have to leave? Like I had to leave the classroom. It wasn't like, it was just like, no, this is not working for my health. Um, so yes, like a million percent, <laughs> like, <laughs> And, it's so and it needed. happens quickly. It happens so quickly. I, I have a couple of first year teachers actually. Um, and then a couple of teachers who have been in the school systems for a couple of years and they see nearly immediately their health starts to decline. Their energy starts to decline. Their mood, their, their passion for being a teacher starts to decline. And it just makes me so sad. Cause it's like, I, I have teachers that I can look back on growing up who were so passionate and it wasn't even just about what they were teaching, but it was just about making sure their students were happy, were having fun in the classroom, were enjoying connecting and, and being, you know, students and having peers around them. And then I have a couple teachers who I can look back on and like, I, I just 
see that being so much more prevalent, this image of a teacher that sits down and doesn't stand up, <laughs> is sitting more at their computer than interacting between the desks and walking up and down. And it's simply because they've lost their passion or they just, their feet hurt or their back hurts or they're just tired. And if they can get away with giving out an assignment and sitting down, then they're going to do that way more than being interactive and really catering, you know, the best that they can to their students. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking back on that and like, it's hard to give yourself if you have nothing, like, like if you have nothing, you can't keep. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like when someone works with you? Um, you have a group of teachers, so you're all online, correct? I'm completely online. I'm yeah. completely so online. Yes. Like I am. Yeah. So when somebody comes inside this community, I have a website that's for members only. So I create an account and it's a website that basically has all different resources. I have a nutritionist who works with our team. And so the whole thing that we really try to push everyone to start to believe and, and have a mindset around is that this is a lifelong journey. We are not joining CrossFit to learn how to lose 20 pounds by winter break. <laughs> You're learning how to actually every single day make choices based on your awareness around your body. And so the first week, I just have everybody go through the website, really figure out, okay, this is where I, my training program is. This is where I connect with all my other team members. This is where Ellie gives me all of the information about nutrition and training. And that's that's just what I allow them to get comfortable with. I have a few different optional, everything, uh, I should say this, everything I give my clients, I say, you are going to get as much of this program as you put into it. So use these resources. If you don't want to set goals for yourself, and if you don't want to submit a meal plan questionnaire, then just know that you're getting less from this program because of it. But if you're still on this team and you're still wanting to be surrounded by this this community and support other teachers, then I'm happy to have you because one day it will click. And that's something that I think I've actually had to speak with some clients after being with me for a month, six weeks, where they felt discouraged because they felt like, okay, this is different from any other program. I do have a lot more resources than I've ever been given and it's intimidating. So I just, I actually about a week ago got onto a call with one of my current clients she switched from second grade to third grade after 20 years. Uh, ooh, she was ooh. very, very, you know, it seems like so little to someone outside of the school system, but it's a major difference. And um, she also started my program that very week. So for her, it was a lot easier to step back and say, wait, this is too much. But then all it took was one phone call where I said, listen, this is your journey. You're here with me because you liked the fact that this is not just a weight loss program. You liked the fact that I'm going to support you when you're not feeling your best. And you like the fact that it's with a bunch of other teachers. And it made her realize, you know what, this is my journey. I don't have to be uploading all of these things and being as, you know, active and sharing as much, but I am still part of this and I am doing my check-ins and I am offering support for others. And if that's what she needs right now, to continue growing on her own, then that's what she needs and that's what she receives. So after everyone gets familiar though with how I run the program, then I do have weekly webinars. I invite everybody to come on. I have weekly hot seats, which are basically little um, opportunities where I coach one of my clients one-on-one, -on -one, but I make it available for the entire group to see. So 
not surprisingly, everyone has similar issues. <laughs> everyone is really stressed out from maybe a really tough student that they just can't get through to or um, like actually so for the, the theme for all of August, September and October was like getting back to school after the summer. So I'm realizing, you know, having these hot seats, people can just see that they're not the only ones going through it. And it just puts this whole, it shifts your perspective yeah. and you're like, okay, these teachers are still doing it, even though last week sucked, <laughs> or even though we had a three-day weekend and all of us were on vacation, or whatever it is. So the whole, I think, the main part of my community and what people really enjoy about it is truly just the fact that it is teachers only. Yeah. They get it. They read each other's check-ins, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is what you do at your school? Wait, this is how this is done. They don't do that. And then it just opens up communication, you know, we all have these stresses at school and we all do everything we can because it's for the students. <laughs> so I just push them and I'm like, okay, well do it for yourself too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm crying right now. Like I just think about, I'm thinking about, um, first time, maybe it was like my first, it was, I don't know, first or second or third year teaching early, but I remember going to the doctor's office and like talking to the doctor about, um, how I didn't go to the bathroom during the day. And she thought that, like, this is such a weird conversation, but she thought that that meant, like, I was holding, like, I wasn't, and I was like, no, like, I, I was like, oh, no, I don't, like, I just don't drink water, so I don't have to go to the bathroom, and she was like, that's not any better than what you just said, but I, I literally, I was like, I have no idea how I can go to the bathroom, like, it's not possible, but it was like, like, such a stupid, like, that is such a stupid thing, but that is so common amongst mm -hmm. teachers. And the first time when I had a, my first job outside of teaching, I was like, I can drink as much water as I want. I can go to the bathroom anytime I want. And people around me were like, this is, what are you talking about? Like, why are you being so ridiculous? It just would be so cool to have had a community to talk to about these things where it wasn't like us complaining, like us going to the teacher's lounge and just like, oh, I can't, you know, do whatever. But like, hey, we're actually going to work on this, like talk about this to work on this stuff. It's funny that you mentioned that because my nutritionist, Dana, who works with us, she wanted the foundation of our nutrition to be based around water intake first. So that's actually the very first thing that we do have everyone do before even completing their meal plan questionnaire with us, before even setting nutritional goals. We say, listen, try and get X amount of water per day. Put it either as a reminder in your phone, put it in a reminder for an app if you use one of our nutrition apps, whatever it is, for the first one to two weeks, we just want you drinking water. Yes. Because what happens, and this is really where it comes down to like slow, like subtle changes that are actually manageable. If I told you, listen, follow this meal plan, make sure you count your carbs every single day, like follow this diet, do this and meet these goals, then it's really easy to say, ah, no, not doing it. But when I tell you, hey, drink water more than you normally do, people are like, okay, I really struggle with that. That's a good one. And so I didn't realize until making that our first couple of weeks of our nutrition that so many teachers have such an issue with that. Yeah. So that's something that's new to me. And I think the reason I never really thought much about it is because my mom is a special needs teacher. And so she has a paraprofessional she also has a bathroom in her classroom. So I've just, I guess, growing up, heard stories of, you know, the student went to the bathroom or I ran to the bathroom or something. And then, you know, so my para told me that this happened when I was out of the classroom. 
but then now to work with teachers who are in the classroom alone, it was like eye-opening. I realized, wow, the most important part of our nutrition to stay hydrated, you know, we're almost completely composed of water, is not even, you know, being catered to. It's, yeah. it's just completely ignored. I have teachers who live off of Pepsi and Coke and go to the vending machine whenever they have a couple minutes. And that's it. So that's really, that's setting the foundation for everything. And it is hard. It's hard for all of them. <laughs> it's hard. But I like that. But I think also it, it's hard, but also it's manageable. Like it is something like, okay, it, it took a little bit of, I just remember like, okay, fine. I needed to make sure that I drank so that when I went to lunch that I went to the bathroom or when my mm -hmm. kids went to specials that I went to the bathroom. But all it was, was like, you just need someone to remind you of that. And then it's like, oh yeah, I have to take care of myself. And like, I don't know, the days that I don't drink water and do drink water, like how, like that little change, like you said, it's not me count. It's not me cutting everything out and doing a whole change. It's like such an easy thing that adds up. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It a does. Difference. It really does. And, and so I was running a month long challenge when I first launched my business as a way to just give myself exposure. And the very first week that, you know, that was when it started drink water, hydrate yourself. And so I was having clients tell me that by day five and day six, and of course accompanied by just working out, but those two things alone, I was getting such good feedback about how much more energy they had and they couldn't believe it. But it's like, if you think about how, you know, underneath our skin, we're composed of so much water. If we don't have it, then there are so many other ailments that arise that we may or may not know of. But dehydration, you know, that could be in the form of a headache. You could also feel hungry, eat unnecessarily when really you just need to have a cup of water or something. So bringing awareness around how my clients feel when they make certain decisions is massive for me because that's how I learned. I learned through just teaching myself and really becoming acutely aware of how my body felt really day in and day out. And so that's what I'm trying to Tell my clients, listen, you know, you say you're tired, you say you're drained, you say this X, Y, Z, but what have you done this past week to combat that? Oh, nothing. You've done what you did before CrossFit, which was go home and give yourself excuses. And I've had clients, you know, they have their waves of motivation. We all do. And what's really cool though, is to see them bounce back after maybe a week or so of feeling like really down and then saying, all right, I'm back into it. I feel good after just that one workout. And that's something I like to say too. It's like, it takes one work, one missed workout to say that, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. Like I can't do this. But it also takes one workout to feel like, okay, I'm back on the train. Mm -hmm. And I think we too often think negatively about, you know, just the way we, uh, like the way we view things. Um, and it could be also like a strength, like, yeah, it's only one workout that you missed that made you feel like crap. Imagine how much one workout doing would make you feel better <laughs> mm -hmm. or things like that. I, I have a lot of teachers tell me that they're stress eaters and emotional eaters. And I'm like, you know what is great about that? When you're not stressed out because you're taking care of yourself, you're going to emotionally feel better and want to eat better. And that does occur. So it's like, you know, how can we change what you think is a weakness into a strength as well? And that's been helping a lot of my clients. It helped me a lot when I noticed that about myself. 
the um which part the stress eating or the uh yeah just like i am totally somebody who will walk to the fridge like 10 times in about an hour just because i'm stressed out or i'm bored and i'll eat whatever i want and i don't do this anymore because i i mean i just take care, better care of myself but when i realized that that was something that is also a strength of mine like when i am working out i naturally want to eat better. I naturally want to eat less because I'm just basing off of my emotions and I feel good because I worked out. So I'm not going to ruin that by going to the fridge a ton, like throughout the day, I'm going to do something else because I started my day off right. Or I know I'm working out later, so I don't want to have a bunch of like sugar and crap in my body. I want to be fueled properly. So a lot of things that can be, you know, looked at negatively, I think it's nice when we can switch them and be like, well, you know, it's also a strength too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you read the book, um, The Compound Effect? I haven't. Okay. No, a lot of the things that you're saying are, so it's, and I'm sure you've probably read similar books and we're probably similar things, but he just talks about that. Like the little things that you do, like the little habits are the things that actually change your life. So if mm. you swapped having a soda for having a water. And that was like the one change that you made and that compounded that, you know, your energy would go up, you would lose um, pounds based on that calorie deficit over time. But also it's not just that, like you'll start habit stacking. So like, you're like, oh, I'm doing this. Well now, because I'm doing that, I also want to do this. And I also want to do this. And not to the point of overwhelming yourself, but just like, oh, when I eat better, it makes me want to work out. And also when I work out, I want to eat better. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like cyclical like that. Oh, um, definitely. Definitely. And that's, I think what I've done in the past and, and what allows me to be here today and say it's, you know, slow progress is progress no matter what. I was one of those people who, because I naturally do look thin and I naturally do look athletic. And when I gain weight, it's pretty evenly distributed it was really easy for me to eat clean for a week and then binge eat, eat clean for a week and then binge eat. And it's because my body didn't fluctuate too much that it didn't matter. But inside and, and mentally, I totally could tell the difference. You know, nobody else could, but I could tell that I was super tired. I was really, really irritable. I was just overall disappointed in myself. But physically, everyone else is like, oh, but you don't even have to worry about that. Or, oh, it's okay. And I think that's you know, something I really try and push towards is you all might look at me, you know, my clients, anybody seeing an advertisement and you might see somebody who is just naturally thin and fit and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that I don't struggle mentally. That doesn't mean that I don't struggle emotionally. It doesn't mean that I wasn't depressed for two years. Like it's so much more beyond the physical aspect and it takes that mental willpower constantly to realize you know, there are going to be days that you're not motivated. There are going to be days that you're super motivated, but as long as you don't set yourself up for failure, like you said, like make your, your goals manageable and and realistic, then you're constantly growing and you're changing. And that's huge. I mean, you know, it's likely that a, a person who comes to me and wants to become a client didn't just start feeling the way that they feel last week. You know, it's been for the last year, two, five years, and it's really important to start thinking in in the reverse effect, like, okay, what can I do that in two, three, five years is going to be, bring me to a completely different part of my life than I am right now. 
Yeah. There's a really good book by, um, it, this actually, I'm take, this is not totally related, but um, by Brene Brown. Do you know Brene Brown? Uh, yeah. Which one do you like? <laughs> I love oh, that. so Daring Greatly. Oh, I just, okay. Uh, okay. I just, uh, so I was driving home or driving back to my parents and it was a pretty long drive. So I listened to that about a week ago and that book was just amazing. And it was just, it popped up into my head because it's the last book I read. But um, again, like I said, not relevant, but I didn't know that she was a teacher. And her whole book was about, yeah, so she's a professor, I think, at the University of um, Austin, Texas. Okay. And it was just all about, you know, loving where you're at right now in your journey and then not being ashamed of things, but recognizing that, you know, those things happened to you and made you who you are. But if you can accept them and be willing to share them, then you're one, opening up yourself to connect with others. Two, opening up yourself to actually like lead others because everyone wants to look at somebody else and connect with them through something they're experiencing. And, you know, I make myself so ridiculously vulnerable with my clients because I want to just completely smash any perception that because I look a certain way, I should feel a certain way. <laughs> and so I, I've, looked my best and felt my worst in the past. And I've looked my worst and felt my best. <laughs> so it's so mental. It's so mental. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really all about those daily changes and that constant effort to just want to be better. <laughs> Have a growth mindset about yourself. Yeah, it's that mindset thing. And I think that like growth mindset and fixed mindset was something big that we did in um, the last school I was at. And it really was the first time that I was like, oh, I'm not mm. stuck. Like mm. I'm not stuck. This is all of this stuff that's in my, it's in my head. It's literally just in my head and I can be the one that changes those thoughts in my head. Like it doesn't happen easily. It's time, but like that. Um, yeah. Oh, I love Renee Brown. Oh, she's great. She's great. <laughs> um, I just saw something yesterday. It was the placebo effect versus the nocebo effect. And basically, you know, the placebo effect, you get a sugar peel, uh, excuse me, pill, and now you think you've taken medicine. So your mind is what's creating this healing in your body. Yeah. But equally as strong, you can think negatively about yourself and about, you know, your current status or situation and have stress and all other sorts of negativity manifest in your body instead and, and really just start to hurt you overall. And so it's so powerful and i love that there's like so much more being talked about our mindset in our society now um because it's it's where everything has to begin like you can start your day off and wake up in a really really crappy mood and you can decide right then and there that okay fine some days i'm not going to sleep well but i'm not going to ruin my day or you can go through your morning and just get mad that like you woke up and didn't sleep well and now you stub your toe and now you're pissed off and now you're like driving to school like angry that you stubbed your toe and you know maybe are running late because of it or whatever but you woke up in the morning like be happy about that <laughs> be happy and be ready to go to school where students you know are looking up to you and and hopefully wanting to learn from you and just I think realizing as soon as you have that negative mindset that you can get out of it just as quickly is the most powerful thing ever. 
Mm-hmm. That's so true. I, so I've talked about this before too, but like, I definitely struggled with depression in high school, college, my whole life. Um, but high school was really bad. And my counselor would always talk to me about when you're depressed, you get into this circle thinking and you're like, like, you just can't get out of this circle and you just keep going around and around. You're like, what if this, and then this, and then this, and this, and then you realize you've been sitting there for a half hour thinking like, that's it. You've literally just been thinking and doing nothing just making yourself feel bad. And it really wasn't until probably 15 years later that I like was like, oh, like I can get out of the circle. Like I think for a long time I thought like, well, that's just how my mind works. My maybe other people's minds work like this, but my mind is just those that circle thinking. And then it was like, it was, I don't know, really like 15 years later that I was like, I can get out of the circle. And in, so when I get into the circle, it is like, okay, have a different thought, but like question that thought, get yourself out of that circle. And then the story changes. <laughs> the story yeah. completely changes. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what it is. It's just a story. <laughs> it's just a, a story. story. <laughs> and we like, we put ourselves in these boxes of what we think we are and what we think we're capable of and for some reason as adults we think that what we are right now is all we're capable of mm-hmm. but like i said we're kids with responsibilities like we're growing until the day we die or we're not and that's totally up to us every single day like i feel like teachers need to be constantly showing that they're also changing and growing and making mistakes you yeah. know i have i have clients right now who are so open with their students about how they make mistakes to encourage them that it's okay but then they come to me, you know, it's kind of like this weird, like double standard where they can tell their students that they make mistakes, but then they're so hard on, them, on themselves behind, behind the scenes. But then that's where I step in. I'm like, look, I make mistakes too. It's okay. And I have a lot of clients who really appreciate that I show that honest, vulnerable side of me because they'll tell me like, okay, Ellie, I feel like you're a real person. Like, <laughs> I feel like you, it's nice to see that you also are struggling because I do, we all do. We all do. Like, <laughs> even anyone that doesn't appear to be struggling is struggling. Like, no one has it all together. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. I think that's so true what you said, though, about we – so, and I always talk about this. Um, when a teacher is giving an assessment to a kid, like, you're literally looking for where they are making mistakes so that you can teach them. Like, that is what the purpose of an assessment is, whatever assessment that you're giving – like, sure, you might slap a grade on it at the end of a quarter, but, like, you're literally looking, where are they making mistakes that I can teach them better? And so, like, the mistakes are okay. But, like, we as adults are like, oh, my gosh, I messed up. No. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it is. It, it's totally fine. Like, good, mess up so you can learn how to yeah. do better. I actually do require a fitness test at the very beginning before I place anybody into a program, and we do that same fitness test every four weeks. And this is something that I actually didn't incorporate in the beginning, which I couldn't even tell you why. I just didn't. But I'm seeing now that it's funny. I have some clients who have jumped right on and they've gone and filmed themselves and shared it with the group so that I can critique them. And then I have other clients who still haven't. And it's interesting because we just get, you know, so comfortable and and just maybe ashamed that we can't do anything as well as we think we should or something. Mm. But... One of my clients right now who did, she was one of the first ones to submit her test once I created it for them. And it was something so simple as me telling her how to shift her hands for a push-up situation 
that she was like, Ellie, I cannot believe for the past, like I, I've been working with her now for about five and a half months. She's like, that was so helpful just to see your video of, of the proper mechanics. And so, you know, I do have proper mechanics videos, my training videos, I'll tell everybody, but it is that opportunity where I get to say, Hey, this is what you need to change. You know, because I'm not, I am online. I'm not in person with you. So if you're not showing me what you're doing and I'm not helping you get better, then I mean, you're either doing something that will hopefully, in, or hopefully not injure you, but you know, <laughs> isn't really going to be as effective. Yeah. Um, or you just don't do it because you don't know how to do it properly. So that's something um, I'm definitely really happy I started to implement because it'll, it's a really good indication for me to see, um, you know, what my clients can do. Yeah. I think as teachers, sometimes you do feel like, oh gosh, I am supposed to have everything together. I'm supposed to know everything, but it can be humbling to ha humbling in a good, in a good way to have someone um, coach you on things. And you I know, also, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go. <laughs> I was going to say that when, when in my last year of teaching is when I started, uh, when I picked up running and I would talk to my students about how hard running was. I was training for half marathon at the time. And I would talk to them about how hard it was, how I messed up, how sometimes I didn't feel motivated, how the times that I didn't go do my run, how it made for like later runs worse because I didn't do the work. But it was, it was just good to also to have that hobby to relate to my kids um, mm -hmm. that maybe they weren't interested in reading or they weren't interested in whatever. And I was like, look, I'm really bad at running. <laughs> and I like, I'm really, really bad at this, but I'm working on it. Um, no, yeah. that's great. I think, I mean, that's amazing. That's really amazing. I mean, that's no matter what age we are, we always want to know that other people are also going through something because yeah. it's so easy, especially now. I mean, our society is just, it's, it's, we could just put up these facades on social media and I am always 1000% drawn to those who are willing to open up and say, God, today is such a crappy day. I, this happened, this happened, this happened. But I'm going to do this because I know it makes me feel good. And it's like, okay, I'm glad that you don't just have this life like on the beach all the time in a beautiful handstand or something or like, like lifting weights perfectly, you know, because it's those things that do happen to us in life that are so much more manageable when we do stay healthy because we realize like, I don't know, I, I tell, I, I was telling one client the other day, I will, I will kick my butt in a gym or in a workout or a training session, whatever, because I know that if I can push myself to that stress and then feel so good about getting through it, then every other thing in life that I don't have control over is manageable. Like I can do it. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like we can only control so much. So focus on what you can control. And for me and, and for, you know, all, all of my clients and really every single one of us, it's the way that you move or don't move. It's what you eat or don't eat. And then it's the way that you think. And those are the, like, really the three biggest components of my coaching. Like this is what you can control. How are you going to control it? Okay. Forget about everything else because that's life and it's just going to be good sometimes and bad sometimes, <laughs> but this is what you can control. <laughs> so that's, yeah, even just that realizing so much is out of our control that focusing on the things we can. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you're welcome. You're welcome. Cause we, yeah, we'll always have things, you know, we'll always have a to-do list that's a mile long. We'll always have things that we want to get done or things that we want to improve in our life. But if we always focus on that and not focus on like what is right in front of us every single day, 
Like, how do we think when we wake up? What do we eat for breakfast? Do we go home and do we train? Okay, those three things you can control every single day, like every minute. So definitely, you could not. (laughs) You could just let everything else pull you in a million different directions, and then you feel stressed and overwhelmed and tired and depressed and all that bad stuff that we don't need. Yeah, definitely. Wow, this was so great connecting with you. It was like a good therapy session for me as well. Thank you. Oh, no, it was so nice to talk with you. I'm so happy. Thank you for inviting me to come on your podcast. I was so excited. I know. It was so cool. It was just so funny when that that Facebook app popped up. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool business idea. I love it. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, so they can they can find me um, if you do if you go to Facebook and type in facebook.com slash classfit with Ellie. So classfit C L A S S F I T and then with Ellie and it's E L L I E. That brings you to my Facebook page. Um, I actually don't post a ton of random stuff on there. I I put a lot more of my energy into just sharing things that I see online that I think are really nice and helpful um, from other educational resources. And then I really put a lot more of my time where I connect with clients into those who come and apply to talk with me. Cause I talk with every single applicant on the phone for about 20, 30 minutes. And that's really where we delve into, you know, where they're going and what they want. And then really what I do behind the scenes in class fit. That's awesome. Yeah. I think for anyone that is struggling with energy this year or just, you know, feeling low and especially as it's starting to get colder and winter, um, Mm. I think that's the time. And especially it's not about working on a weight loss goal right now. It's like working on something to feel good while you're at work. So important. Exactly. Exactly. And realizing that you need to be part of that group of people that you take care of. Like it's not, it's not making it all about you, but it's saying like me too. Like I also matter and I also deserve to feel good because all I do is make others feel good all day long. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. I will have the links to everything in the show notes. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. All right.